Coming to you from the Castaway Studios and brought to you by the Four Founders Club and the Founding Foursome. This is the Club Level Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us wherever you might be. However you might be listening in your car, in your room, in at work, working out. I think we're great workout tunage. I think we go perfect with the rhythm. But, you know, that's just me. My name is Praveen Hoorah Machapagada and I'm joined alongside Dan. Strong side, right side, Pinkston. How are you this Joe, week, Dan? Oh, I'm good. I can't quote movies very well, but I'm doing well today. You know, a lot of people can't. It's a tough thing. It's a tough I heart. Had, it was a 50-50 shot. I went strong side, right side. But. Everyone's either like just a couple words. No, yeah, a couple words off or like so far from the actual <laughs> quote of the movie. So, yeah, like, that, that wasn't in Superbad. That was Talladega Nights. That, too. <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah, I mean, it's a little far off here. But, you know, here we are, 2020 in the studio, playing seven-inning baseball games. Like it's high school again. Um, Would you taint that time. perfect game? Would it be tainted for you if you got a perfect game in seven? Put an asterisk next to it. You'd be on the list. You'd have to be, right? I. It counts. I yeah. wouldn't taint it. No. Because I, I think really what makes a perfect game is it's, yeah, it's going the distance, but it's getting those last three to six outs. Well, that no matter when go- it is. That is still going the distance. Yeah. Because. At both teams know the game's being done right so they're here. Gonna, yeah, so like, they're going to be pressing in whatever direction they need to be pressing. So I think both teams mentally are in the idea that, hey, we are playing we're in the seven-inning seven, uh, seven inning game. We're going to play it. And this is, this is it. Do or die. And, uh, you know, when, when the Padres came back the other night against Seattle, they had a seven-run seventh inning to come back. They were down four, and it was a uh, walk-off three-run shot by Will Myers. I mean, they're, Seattle's heads down. Padres are walking off. Like, I mean, they, the, the, the energy isn't lost, so I, I wouldn't taint it. We had a no-hitter this week, though. We did, but that was a full nine-inning game, wasn't it? Yep. Lucas Giolito. You know, he – yeah, G- Giolito, he is a stud. He had a rough rough go at the season, at the beginning of the season. Um, can't really blame a lot of guys for having tough goes at the beginning of the season, but he did. He's their guy. Like, Lucas Giolito's their guy, and you could tell his emotion. Like, he he puts a lot of mm-hmm. work and effort. I mean, that was a good no-hitter. If you saw the highlights, there were a couple plays that needed to happen. Even the last out. Yeah, dude, the last out was nuts. Last That's out, to me, I thought was the base hit off it, the bat. It was pissed on, and it wasn't very well played, but they caught it. <laughs> they caught it, and it's a no-hitter. So it, He only pitched, I think, less than 110 pitches. Very efficient. That was got an efficient done. game. And looking at the White Sox, that is a very good, very young team. If you follow baseball, you know that that's a very mm-hmm. up-and-coming team with Luis Robert, who is being compared to, like, he's like the Fernando Tatis that no one's talking about. I mean, Luis Robert has it all. Um, he's a big specimen. He can hit. He's got all five tools. He can run. He can be a 40-40 guy, um, even though that's kind of lost in today's day and age. But okay, maybe a 30-30 guy, but he can run. He can field. Um, he can play center field, but he's like a big body. He's not like... Fernando, Fernando's like a tall, lean, athletic body. The, Luis Roberts, a huge dude. He's a specimen-looking guy. You have Eloy Jimenez. You have Tim Anderson. Um, you have Louis Lucas Giolito um, at the top of your rotation. And look, they're tied at first place with the Cleveland Indians. And well, and, and if you're not a very popular following White Sox person, you'd be like, "What? They're tied for first place with the Cleveland Indians? Yeah." The, the White Sox are, are, are a pretty damn good team, and they have, if not one of the, if not the best, but you could argue they Luis might. Roberts the best. Yoan Moncada? They might be the best team in Chicago, and the Cubs are damn good. Cubs That's, might be a top three or four team in the league. Well, but when they I, played the other the few weeks ago, the White Sox smashed every yeah, single baseball exactly. at Wrigley Field. Um, I want to see that. If I, was a, if I was a White Sox fan... I'm sorry. If I'm a baseball fan and I'm watching, I mean, both teams are exciting. You know, when you look at the Cubs roster, that's an exciting team. You still have Javi Baez. You still got Anthony Rizzo. That's an exciting lineup. And then you look at the White Sox, but I don't know. They just seem to have a little bit more pop, a little more youth. You're, gonna, um, you're not going to mention swag. Chris Bryant, dude? You hate him that much? The fact not that, even good? The fact the fact that people want, like were thinking about <laughs> trading Nolan for Chris straight up. Like, no, I don't, straight I'm, up. I'm not even going to say his name anymore because he's not even <laughs> worth my time. And he's not—he's a K Bryant that doesn't live up to any expectations. So. <laughs> yeah, oh shoot! The heck out of here, Chris Bryant. No, I, I never liked the Cubs anyway. 
Chris. Anthony Rizzo. Like, I mean, I don't know. He's like, he's like, he's like that. He's like, I don't know. He's like that troublemaker that like behind the scenes, he's going to like con you. But then like in front of you, he's like, I'm a, he's, like he's really up, up in front guy. He's cool. Like to you, he's like, oh, it's a really cool guy. But he'll, he's just like dirty and will like get behind. I don't know. I don't like Anthony Rizzo. Javi Baez is dope, I guess. Yeah, I mean he's he puts on for the city. I mean I love Javi Baez and lots of swag. I don't like playing against him though. Here's a guy that the White Sox have we didn't mention: Dallas Keuchel. Yeah, Dallas Keuchel. It's, it's an X factor, right? And they have a good Jose Abreu. I don't know if we mentioned him. We did I not. Mean, Jose Abreu. This is a really strong, strong team. Dylan Cease, Steve Cichek. Um They have a really solid team. I like the White Sox. It's a pretty tight race. Yeah, exactly. You thought the NL West was tight, which it is, but it's nothing compared to the AL Central. The AL Central has three Even teams. The Tigers are down in there fighting. Exactly. Um, they have three teams. We mentioned the Cleveland Indians and the White Sox are tied for first place in the AL Central, but then you got the Minnesota Twins right underneath them, and the Minnesota Twins probably have the best lineup from one to nine uh, straight up, and they're a game and a half back in the AL Central, and yeah, the Tigers are four games back. We are over the 30-game mark. So we're over halfway done with this season as they're only playing 60 games. And unbelievable how fast it really does go. You know, you get into those 10, 11, 12 games, you're like, okay, we got a while to go. But they play every single day. So, Well, and things are about to get real, especially for the Rockies. So let's go. So let's, let's make some predictions here. So how it works and how we understand it to work is there's going to be essentially five wildcard teams. You take away the division winners which is three division winners from each AL and NL, mm-hmm. eight teams total, okay? 16-team playoff, eight-team total and uh, from each side. You take your top three division winners. That's three teams off, so you have five wild-card teams, okay? And they could all ahead. be from the same division if it, if it really turned out that way. Let's go ahead and start with – let's do some predictions here, okay? Um, division winners, we'll start here. Okay, and we'll start in the division that we just talked about, the AL Central. Before we get into our wild card talk, let's see who's going to end up winning the divisions here with less than 30 games to go for the MLB season. In the AL Central, we have a three-way, two-way tie between the Cleveland Indians and the Chicago White Sox. Minnesota Twins are a game and a half back. Detroit's four games back. Dan, who comes out on top of this division, in your opinion? Ooh, that's a real tough question. It's right probably the, the toughest here. one, so let's just start with on the, the tough one. My gut is telling me the White Sox here. Like we just mentioned, they're they're just stacked top to bottom. Now I wouldn't be surprised if the Twins or Indi- Indians run away with this thing, but yeah, I'm going I'm going White Sox to win the Central. And those two other teams, they're going to make the playoffs. So I, I don't even think it really matters because as we, I mean, you you think they're going to come out with a bubble? I thought they were going to be home and away, and that was going to really that was really going to mean something. But if they're in the bubble, you're just trying to make it. it I, I could care less if you're the one seed or the eight seed. But if you had to make me put money on it, I'm going money on the White Sox. They are tied at the moment with the Indians. Look, I here's the thing about <clears throat> doing the bubble is I don't know if it matters as much because the game we got on TV right now is at Yankee Stadium and the New York Mets are the home team. If you have no fans there, I don't think it really matters in this in a sense. But I think they're so. I mean, some players and, and I'm looking um, up this this. Uh, bubble situation so they're proposing um this bubble situation and it is they've chosen four cities to have the uh the playoffs and the world series will be in arlington in the new stadium in texas okay so after that you got houston and arlington is going to be for the national league playoffs and los angeles and san diego for the American League playoffs. And then they'll meet in Arlington for the World Series. Now, that is yesterday from Jeff Passan on the Pat McAfee show. Uh, this is, I'm sorry, on August 28th. Pretty dang recent. So, with that being said, we'll see how that ends up. I think the bubble's okay, but I, 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 I like it. I mean, I think for the, sake of, for the sake of looking at this right here and looking at the New York Mets are the home team in Yankee Stadium because there are no fans, that right there tells me that I don't think teams are really worried about where, you know, where um, they're playing the ball, the ball game. So with that being said, my prediction, I'm going to go with the Chicago White Sox as well. 
And I think the Cleveland Indians, I think any one of these three teams have a chance. I don't think the Detroit Tigers are going to come back. But don't uh, don't let out from Minnesota. Minnesota's a dang good team. Like I said, they probably have the best lineup, one through nine, straight up. Um, Miguel Sano, um, Jorge Polanco, Nelson Cruz, tough, tough lineup there in the AL Central. Let's move on. So we got both the Chicago White Sox and the AL Central for me and Dan. Let's go to the AL East. Right now, the Tampa Bay Rays, who are, in my eyes, as a baseball follower, I'm not surprised at all, but they are up by four games in the division to the New York Yankees, then followed by the Toronto Blue Jays, four and a half games back, Baltimore and Boston. You can just write them off on their season. So it's pretty much a three-way goer here. Four, four and a half games with 30 games to go is... A lot. Less than 30 games yeah. to go is a lot to come back. So I'm going to go with the Rays to just finish out this division here. The Yankees are going to go. And I don't think divisions really matter here, but this is how we're going to set up our wild card talk here in a second. But the uh, the Yankees are going to make the playoffs, so the Blue Jays it looks like. But I'm going to go with the Rays winning the ending up on top of the AL East here. Dan, do you agree? Yeah, no, I'm going to have to disagree. I, I like the Yankees. They're they're beat up right now. I think they're going to get healthy, get hot. They have a better they have a better roster than the race, and you're going to see a lot of head-to-head matchups as the season goes on, especially in the Rockies' case as well. They're they're you're not playing around playing anybody else. It's just straight division from here on out. The Yankees are going to get those head-to-head matchups. I think they're going to win them. So that's where I'm going on that. I mean, it's four games. It seems like a lot right now, but that can happen real quick with the sweep. And then, uh, yeah, I think they're going to play better down the stretch. So if the Yankees, Yankees can get their pitching to in line, man, the pitching has been underwhelming to me, and that's that's what kind of wins things, in my opinion. When you look at the Rays' line, starting starting five, it's or starting four, however teams are doing it, it's it's uh, pretty dang good. The Rays are just good all the way around. The Yankees have struggled away from from Yankee Stadium. I guess it doesn't really matter, like I just said. But um, if the Yankees can figure out their pitching, they do have the best lineup, um, but. It comes down to pitching, and you know, like James Paxton hasn't been as efficient as I thought he would be. Um, the big maple, and um, you know, I think uh, I'm trying to think of his his his. Uh, you know, David Garcia Garcia pitching well today for the Yankees. Jordan Montgomery hasn't been too impressive to me, um, but the Yankees need to get their pitching figured out, uh, and that's that's how I see it. But yeah, I mean. There's no reason why the Yankees, the Yankees are a team that can get hot like that, like like that, and it's game over. So um, let's move on to the AL West here. Pretty spread out division here. It's pretty much a two team race. Seattle Mariners are a dud, not surprising. Texas Mar- Texas Mariners, Texas Rangers are a dud, and the Los Angeles Angels, to some surprise, but not really, are a dud. And that just speaks to my pitching thing. When you don't have pitching, it doesn't mean squat. You know, I mean. But we talked about how we thought they were going to be able to just get hot in the sixty-game stretch and and make something happen. But no, they just they just flat out stink. They lose close games. Their pitching, their bullpen just lets things go. They're just a bad baseball team, and it goes to show you could be the best damn player in the world, Mike Trout. And it, baseball is such a team team ball game. They have Mike Trout, Shohei Otani, Anthony Rendon, Albert Pujols. I mean. I know Albert Pujols is in the twilight of his career, but it's still Albert Pujols, and he still can hit yeah, bombs. Yeah, it's that I mean, aura. It's, it's it's the aura. So, I, yeah, I'm I'm a little surprised that they're 12 and 23 at this point, but oh well. Um, but on the on the other uh, on the other hand of things, um, Oakland you Athletics, Maria? Oakland Athletics are probably my dark horse, if not not even a dark horse, to win it all. I think the Oakland Athletics are probably the the most well-rounded team when it comes to pitching bullpen and just finding ways to get i mean they have players that have all sorts of different skills they're not big they're not huge they're not the most athletic but they get the job done they get base hits when they need to get base hits matt olsen matt chapman uh marcus simeon ramon luriano i mean these are guys you don't hear about and they're and they're they can ball out um and their pitchers pitchers frankie montez Liam Hendricks, Chris Bassett, really strong players for the um, for the Oakland Athletics. I think they win the division. I don't think Houston can. I mean, they'll make the playoffs, but I don't think Houston really gets far at all. But either way, I think Oakland wins that division. Dan, what do you think? Yeah, I'm looking here. The, the, the Astros have not played very well on the road, but my mind's just telling me that they're going to come and close this gap again. I, but I'm rooting for the A's. I mean, we we don't like the Astros on the show. We've been evident about that. But 
I mean, they've been there. They've done that. I just don't know if the A's can hold on. They're currently on a two-game losing streak. We're starting to see this season kind of flip. I don't know. Are they, are they going to correct themselves? Or, yeah, I mean, do you think the A's are actually legit? I think I the mean, A's are legit. They've been legit for the past few it's years. It's kind of so. like that aura, though. It's the, the Astros have their number. It's kind of like Dodgers-Rockies. I think in the end, the bigger team with more with the higher payroll is going to win that division. But don't count out the A's. I mean, well, the A's have you know been a team that's fought for that division win, and maybe they've just missed it by a little bit and missed the cusp, and things were just. You know, I think this year is different, and I don't know if Houston has that same aura anymore. You know, I don't think Houston's aura has definitely changed a little bit um, to me than than uh, Oakland has. I think Oakland's had the season start off really well. Yeah, the last uh, is the last two games that they lost to the. Uh, yeah, the last yeah. two games they lost, and now actually the Oakland Athletics have a, a positive test of COVID nineteen, so they had to postpone the game today. And so, um, curious to see how this ends up for the Oakland Athletics and how things end up in the standings wise. But they're not; they have really no opportunity to make up games, so they're going by win percentage here. So, uh, and when you're sitting like that, I mean, you don't want anyone to get COVID. But you know, that's the whole reason why the Cardinals are still in it. I think they're under. What's their record? Here? They're twelve and thirteen, yeah, but they're but second they're, place in division, only three and a half games back. And <laughs> let's go to that division. So let's switch over to the NL Central. And um, so, who do you think is actually going to win the AL West? Do you think the Houston's going to close it out? Or yeah, no, I'm I'm going with the Astros. You going I, with the Astros? I, my gut's just telling me that. So we actually disagree on two of these. All right, and then uh, and then we settled on the m- most tough pick. To be honest, yeah, no kidding. NL Central. Chicago Cubs having a great season so far. Maybe not as good as the White Sox, but they are 20-14. and 14. Good season for the Cubs so far. Cardinals have restarted their season, and they're three and a half games back. Milwaukee's four and a half. Cincinnati's five. Pittsburgh is eight and a half back at 10-21. Pittsburgh is a very bad team. Bet against the Pirates. Cincinnati is worse than I thought they'd be. Um, I thought Cincinnati would be a better team. Thought it would be a Chicago-Milwaukee race. Might end up that way, but yeah, you have the St. Louis Cardinals at twelve and thirteen. Played about nine games less than the Car- than the Cubbies, but who ends up on top of this division? I think easily the Cubs. I've been paying attention to the Cardinals a lot lately in the last couple of weeks, and they just like to lose close ball games, especially late. If they they get down one run, they can't quite close it off, or if they do have that four two lead, they're going to lose that game five to four. And that's just what I've seen. I don't know if they can correct that, but I just think the Cardinals are in a phase where. They just quite, haven't quite been there before. And the Cubs, they're they are flexing. I mean, I think they're the second-best team in Chicago. But like I mentioned, I think that they're the, potentially the second or third-best team in this NL. So Yeah, Cubs pretty easily here. I mean, I mean, they're the only team over 500 in the division. and for they've, a team had, that they've been the most consistent. Played pretty bad last year, considering their expectations. Um, they turned it around this year, you know. Bring it back together. So I'm definitely going with the Cubs. Are you going with Cubs as well? Yeah, Cubs as well. That's then, easy for me. Uh, so NL East... Braves on top, Phillies two games back, Miami two and a half, Mets three and a half, um, Washington, the defending champs, at five and a half back. Are you surprised with Washington's down year, or is that not surprising? Well, there's been no Soto, correct? There hasn't been much Soto. There's been some. And, I mean, even Scherzer in his starts. Losing Rendon. They win games 10 to 9 in Scherzer's starts. That's not... That's not efficient enough because in the bullpens, the bullpen should get a break on Scherzer's days, and that's just not happening. So uh, yeah, I just think they're starting to break down. They don't have the depth that we thought they did. Um, they were balling out last year with a solid offense and good bullpen, but I mean, yeah, it's just not working out. And that's baseball. Sometimes you're not necessarily a bad team. I mean, the Pirates are a bad team, <laughs> but the, I don't think the Nationals are necessarily a bad team. They're just having some bad luck. Um, when you look at their run differential here. This run differential in this league uh, in the National League East is pretty intriguing. So you got the Nationals at minus five in the run differential, but then you got the Mets at minus twelve, the Marlins at minus thirteen. So they're actually higher in the division, but in the grand scheme of things, the Nationals have played better baseball. You even got the Phillies at plus two, but then you got the Braves at plus twenty-one in their run differential. I'm definitely going with the Braves to win this division. They're a better team up and down. They clutch up every single day. But, yeah, I just think the Nationals are having some bad luck right now. But they're only five and a half games back. Who knows? 
Yeah, when it's only that much of a difference, I don't think you can really count them out. But I mean, the Angels are ten games out. That's I don't think they're gonna. Yeah, I don't think I don't think the Nationals are coming back here. I don't think the Mets are gonna come back. Miami's been a pretty ple- pleasantly surprising team. Which hey, I'm proud of them. You know, a lot of them just doubt them, and they and a lot of them just you know trumped on Derek Jeter because they just want the paper stats, and that's why I credit Oakland for what they do. Is they don't they don't go for the paper. They go for who's a ball player. And Miami's <laughs> going out there and winning some games. And the fourteen and fifteen, I think they surprised a lot of people. I think most people would, would expect them to be in last place where the Nationals are. And sure enough, they're only two and a half back of the Atlanta Braves. You never know in those division rivalry games. When you have Miami versus Atlanta, you, it, Miami takes a couple games. It's right there. I mean, being only two and a half back, and I'm not saying they're going to do it, but that's baseball. And just like Washington's run differential is less than Miami's, well, they're in last place because close games, you never know what's going to happen. You get unlucky. So I like Miami where they're at. They might even make pull out a playoff spot, This, and we'll get into that in just a second. I like the Atlanta Braves. I don't buy the Phillies yet. Maybe they find a way with Bryce Harper can clutch up in big situations to get big hits and stop hitting 240. But uh, I like the Atlanta Braves top to bottom here. Last division before we get into wild card. Oh, hold up, hold up. You said the Marlins are going to make the playoffs. They've won one home game this year. One and eight at home. I, like I said, <laughs> I don't think it matters. Oh, man, home that, games that'd matter. be an incredible stat. I don't think make home- the playoffs and you have like – Maybe five or six home wins. I I don't. I honestly, I'm looking at these playoff teams and like the Yank. I mean, not the Yankees. I'm sorry. Most of these teams, yeah, the, the playoff, the division winners are good at home, but they're also good on the road. I mean, the Twins are good at home, uh, but look at their record on the road. If they're one, if the Miami Marlins are one and eight at home, what are they on the road? Thirteen and seven. So first of all, they've played double the games on the road than they have at home so far. And they're doing well on the road. And their run differential yeah. isn't so bad. But they have lost four in a row. Um, and that might hurt for the Marlins. But, yeah, I mean, they, they might be a playoff team. Who knows? And that'd be something for the Marlins. L.A. Dodgers are going to win the NL West. Do you disagree there? Uh, no, neither does ESPN. They got them a 100% chance to make the playoffs already. Yes, yeah, that's, that that's the only one to be 100%. The Tampa Bay Rays are 99.6. And check out that run differential. Yeah, plus, plus 90. 90. That is solid. Plus 90. And how about the Padres at plus 37? The Padres have been a heck of a surprise of a team this year. Just exciting. Electric, oh, yeah. exciting. Well, and I called them out last time with uh, Fam getting injured and also their closer. I don't remember his name. Off Kirby Yates. Yeah, Kirby Yates out. I, I thought that team was destined to go face first into the sand. And didn't happen. And they put it on the rocks today and yesterday. No, yesterday they lost. But it, it just feels like they have the Rockies number right now. They have. I mean, this new age of Padres have had their number, but I've said it for a couple years, and now this is the year it seems to be really, really. John Rom sinks 66-foot putt to win BMW Championship. <laughs> Good for him. Anyways, <laughs> I have to look that one up after the I'm show. I'm about to look this up right now. <laughs> so the, I've said it for a couple years, and here we are. What a putt. 66-foot putt. All right. I've said it for a couple years, and now it's actually happening. The Padres have the lineup to kick ass. When you're talking about Eric Hosmer, Will Myers, Manny Machado, and Fernando Tatis, that's an ass-kicking lineup. And then you add in Tommy Pham, and then you add in a rookie like Jake Cronenworth who's busting the ball out, and then you have Jerks and Profar, and you have these pieces to add. It's awesome. But when those star players actually play around each other, like when... Tom, when, when Fernando has a bad day, well, then Eric Hosmer hits a 3-1 shot today. Pick each other up. When Hosmer's not doing a good day, you got Machado hitting grand slams. And that's Tatis. What, that's good teams. That's what the Rockies don't do. Yeah, I was going to say it's been story, 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 story. And then and Nolan, Nolan and, and then up. still story. And then, and then when story's down, the whole team's down. And it's like all of a sudden we're a one-man lineup. What happened to Chuck? You know, so the, the Padres actually get it done. I love Chris Paddock. I love Denelson Lamette. Like their pitching. Uh, what they've done with their bullpen, even without Kirby Yates. Their grand slam streak. They hit a grand slam in four straight games. Yeah, that's true. And there was that beef. And I want to get into that. I almost want to call you, Dan, and be like, you know what? Let's get on the show right now and talk about this. Because that's Fernando Tatis hitting a grand slam on a 3-0 pitch. Do you remember this? Yes. And All right. What? That is the softest baby shit I've ever heard in my life. And I love how they went into the fact that all of the people that were pissed off used to work together at it for the Texas Rangers. For the Texas Rangers. The Padres manager. 
worked for the Texas Rangers. You know the Padres GM worked for the Texas Rangers. That Texas Rangers manager worked under the Padres manager when he was the Texas Ranger manager or coach. So you, I mean, that is the soft I, baseball unwritten rules, and we could get into some of them. Maybe we don't have to, but on, I mean, that is a BS. What are we telling athletes that on a three zero pitch were just taken because you're up seven? Yeah. And how quickly in baseball these days, like the NBA, how quickly it is it in baseball to get a couple home runs with runners on base? A quick one two pop single and a home run that happens all the time. And you're gonna tell me up seven runs, he's not allowed to? Yeah, that's BS. That is like BS. Before I would start thinking about that, I'd probably have to be up twenty five runs. Is that is that a great Yeah, that's fair. Sure. <laughs> 20, <laughs> 25. <laughs> over under 25 for Pinky. We're going over. It's like back in high school one time. We, we were up like a solid seven, eight runs, and I'd get in the box, and I was a bunter. Just, I think I was telling you this story like maybe last week. Just because, yeah, it showed bunt. It was a super high pitch. Pulled it back. Blue rings me up for a strike. And I was like, kind of gave him the jaw drop. Like, I didn't understand. And he's like, don't be bunting right now. And I'm like... What if I, what if I just got a sign from my coach to do that? Like, we're not we're not up that much right now. Like, what what is your problem? It's soft. So yeah, it's unwritten rules of baseball, and I think some people just need to get up to speed because they're they're trying to write these unwritten rules. Well, no, the, there's no there's no rule book. I want to see it. So and here, <laughs> and here's another one. Speaking on bunting, you're supposed to not you're not allowed to bunt during a no hitter. I'm why why. why? Yeah, that's an unwritten <laughs> rule. <laughs> no. What, is like a brawl going to start if you break up a no-hitter on a bunt? People have gotten pissed about it. Huh. It's too. Why not? Yeah, so all of a yeah, sudden, you make the hardest thing in the game to get easier, easier for the guy? Yeah. No, he has to field his position. Who the hell said It's stupid, man. It's stupid. And I, I, I'm with Fernando Tatis, and you know what the Padres did after that? They hit grand slams in the next three <laughs> straight games, and they become the first team in MLB history to hit a grand slam in four straight games. And then the fifth game, they took a day off. But guess what? The sixth game, another grand slam. So they hit five grand slams in six games, the San Diego Padres, and they have been 7-3 and three in their last 10 games. They are going to make the playoffs, and I hope – that they're the team to take down the Dodgers, if not the Rockies themselves. Well, I hope they take them down so the Rockies don't have to deal with it. So No kidding. So, Dodgers there. So, let's go into the wild card real quick. And I think a lot of these teams that we said, um, that we talked about second and third place, they're going to make it in. But let's go to the bottom of the wild card right now. Okay? So, we got one, two, three, four, five in the American League. And I got the Toronto Blue Jays as that fifth team in the American League, followed by the Detroit Tigers, the Baltimore Orioles and the Seattle Mariners. Um, Seattle Mariners and the Orioles are five games back. Uh, Detroit's only two games back of the Toronto Blue Jays. Are there any teams in that top half that drop out, Dan? Or does anyone catch the Toronto Blue Jays mm. to kick them out? I'm going to say no. Well, uh, yeah. If anyone, Detroit. But that means that Detroit really has to sack up here and really mm. turn into a winning kind of culture. They haven't been for a few years. So I'm going to go with right now that wild card being uh, Cleveland, New York, Houston, Minnesota, and Toronto. Yeah, I completely agree. I don't think anyone's going to jump up in here. It's just the AL is already so spread out. And you mentioned the Tigers have a chance. But... <laughs> go abs baby they're making a comeback we just jinxed them though um you mentioned the tigers have a chance but yeah this division that they're playing in is just too strong if they were if they were playing in maybe the al west and had you know the angels rangers mariners to deal with i'd say there's a chance to jump up some games but they're going to be playing the indians a lot they're going to be playing the white Sox a lot i think the royals are undervalued they're going to get some more wins along the way so, yeah, and there's just really not a lot of room for anyone to jump in in the AL. Now, the NL, the NL is a little bit different. The NL gets hyphy, it's hairy, it's smelly, it's sweaty, it's dirty. The San Diego Padres on top of the NL wild card with the Rockies following them, hallelujah, followed by the Philadelphia Phillies, the Miami Marlins, my Miami Marlins, <laughs> and the St. Louis Cardinals. Behind them in the outside looking in, we got the San Francisco Giants, the Milwaukee Brew Crew, the New York Mets, the Cincinnati Reds, the Arizona Diamondbacks, and the Washington Nationals, and the Pittsburgh Pirates. Every mm. NL team is there within five and a half games of that spot. And actually, if we're looking at the Cardinals, Cardinals, the Pittsburgh Pirates are five games out of that spot. Yep. Washington's three games back. Arizona's three games back. Cincinnati's a game and a half. New York Mets are one. Brewers one. 
Giants a half game back. Dan, this is where it gets hairy, sweaty, dirty, nasty. Do the Rockies, number one, stay here? Do the Padres stay here? And who makes it in? Because I guarantee you it is not going to stay this way. What, what do you think this is going to end up with? Give me your five teams that end up in the wild card. I think the Pirates are the only team that doesn't have a chance at this point. I mean, even but the they're National- only five games back. Yeah. Well, they're just quick they're, run. They're just terrible. I don't quick know if they sweep. if they have it in them. No, no. But the Diamondbacks and the Nationals. I think those both those teams could potentially get in it. But let's see here. I I'd really like to see the. NL West get four teams. They could even get five. The Diamondbacks are three games world. back as the Giants are only half game back. You'd be beating each other up. I really do think the Padres, Rockies, Giants are all going to be in, in the playoffs. So that leaves, what do you got? That's four NL West I'll teams. I'll take the Phillies. Okay. For sure. And then one more? Yeah, one more. I'm going to settle. I just don't trust the Cardinals. I, But with that winning percentage, a game means more to them. Like when your team gets COVID, when you win a game, that's actually – even more valuable. Huh. Exactly. Uh, I like the Phillies. I like the Phillies still. I, so you have the Rockies, the Padres, Giants, Phillies, and? Rockies, right? Padres, Rockies, Phillies, Giants. It's four. Mm, gosh. Cardinals, still, Marlins, see, they're Brewers. They're letting everybody in. I mean, so I find Cardinals. I, it, there's room for it because, yeah, I don't like the Marlins. I don't like the Mets. I mentioned the Nationals and the Diamondbacks have a chance, but they're not making a run. They're, they're just not making a run. Well, they have side. more of a chance in the wild card than in their mm-hmm. divisions. So, yeah. I mean, it's just uh, they need less of a run here. Teams? Okay, so you got the Giants coming in, and you have the Cardinals in there. So you're pretty much switching the Giants and the Marlins mm-hmm. um, in that in that group of five. Um, yeah, and I think the Giants actually – finish higher than the Rockies do. The Rockies are really going to have to hold on here. But, uh, yeah, the Giants are looking good. Top Look, top. I'm happy, you know, the Rockies, they lost seven in a row. They went two and nine in, in, in an 11 game stretch after starting the season really hot. I was really happy to see them end up win a couple games against Arizona and win a couple get win a game against San Diego. You know, winning against Arizona is huge. And if you're going to struggle, I mean, they struggled against Houston and L.A. and fine. But it's a different type of season. I don't think they need to really focus on too much the division here. So I think the Rockies end up making it. I think the Padres end up making it. I think the Phillies end up making it. Um, you know what? I, I'm putting a curse on the Cardinals. You know what? Like, they're, they're blatant disregard. for. They're going to shut down the entire MLB season. First of all, they all go to a casino and shut down this season. And then Yadi Molina posts something with his entire family saying, F COVID. And I'm like, okay, I, I'm not saying you're not allowed to believe that way or do yeah. what you want to do. But, like, as an MLB institution, you have to realize that you, you those guys are playing other teams. And that is not being smart with contract tracing and uh, uh, and sports. Spreading this virus and containing it, that's stupid. And the fact that he's allowed to do that and the MLB just sits back. Rob Manfred is a joke. He's turning into the worse than Gary Bettman. And if you don't know Gary Bettman, you're lucky because he's the NHL commissioner. And he's, <laughs> he's trash. But uh, biggest yeah. third period of the Avs season right here. So um, Manfred. Whew. Manfred's a joke. He's Did you see the video? Did you see the video of the New York Mets? Uh, he was talking to the president and he was – pretty much trying to force them to play when they were kind of deciding like we don't really want to play during this and manfred was kind of pushing them to be like no 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 no, like do it and it's like excuse me like okay um we're on, yeah yeah no do, uh, during the the most recent oh, situations okay. of do. uh postponements yeah um that has been happening and so wow. i was like i mean if, if both teams don't want to play i mean what do you who are you to say um i like the phillies like i said the rockies the padres Cardinals, kick them out of there. I don't want them there. <laughs> They're out of there. Um, you know what? Just for you know, just for fun, I'm gonna say the Cincinnati Reds find a way to get in there. Only game and a half back. It's really not much. You know, you get a team like St. Louis to struggle um, a little bit. And here's the thing: as much as that win is valuable. A loss is just as important yeah, with how many games or less for St. Louis. And so if they start reeling, um, which, hey, the Cardinals are not a 12-13 and 13 team. So I think that they are underperforming uh, already. And so I don't know if they're going to get out of this. So I got the Padres, Rockies, Phillies, Miami. I'm sorry. 
Miami, yeah, Miami and the Cincinnati Reds. I uh, also, I don't know if I buy the Giants pitching. Their bullpen is as bad as the Rockies. And I don't trust that going into it. Now, the Rockies have a good enough offense. The Giants have about two guys. Um, so that's why I They're like the Rockies consistent. a little bit more. My goodness. Mike Yastrzemski is the, uh, a, 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 one of the best baseball players in baseball. I'd give him a top 15 right now in baseball. Um, that's saying something. Mike Yastrzemski for the Giants. But that's why I'm, I don't think they're going to make it. I, I like the Cincinnati Reds. I like them just a little bit more. Been, they've been my, I've been riding them for a little bit, and them only being a game and a half back of that five spot. Why not? I don't like the Cardinals, and I'm going with my, my, my Miami Marlins because it was the St. Louis Cardinals, I believe, that screwed over the Miami Marlins, and then the Miami Marlins came back from the postponements ready to play, and the St. Louis Cardinals underperforming. So, Why are the Rockies and Padres playing tomorrow? We were sitting here on a Sunday. I don't think it's they've been doing that. They've been wow. doing the uh, the the go ahead and do the Monday four game series now. I mean, ever huh. since they they don't have to have fans um, in the stadium, um, kind of like they're rolling on. Yeah, no they're just rolling. They like I said, the New York Mets were the home team at Yankee Stadium today against the Yankees. I did not want to play the Padres again. I mean, you look forward here. The Rockies, they got it cut out for them. Yeah, uh, well, who do they got the rest huge, of the way? Huge series against the Giants on Tuesday and Wednesday. Just two-game series. That's going to be defining. I mean, whoever comes at, hopefully, hopefully they split just for the fun of it. But whoever, whoever sweeps that, if it happens, is going to be in the driver's seat. After that, we got the Dodgers, and we got the Padres again. Then we got the Angels. I We talked about how bad the Angels are, but who's to say they're not going to rip up the Rockies in the eighth inning? Then we got the Athletics, two-game series, Yikes. followed by the Dodgers, four-game series. Yikes. And that's how it ends. I hate playing the Dodgers in that last series of the year because what if you get swept or something silly? Uh, and then, you know, what if we finish eighth? Then we will be playing the Dodgers in the playoffs. <laughs> so it's just not looking good. You really got to get on a run here. The relief pitching, it sounds like a broken record, P. We're constantly ripping it. But Well, they just made a trade today. Yeah, who we got? They got a pitcher from get guess what team? Good team, Baltimore Orioles. Hmm, okay. They got Michael Givens, uh, relief pitcher from the Baltimore Orioles. They traded two. They traded two uh, minor league players, including Tyler Nevin. So I was I was a fan. Phil yeah. Nevin, remember Phil Nevin? Uh-huh. Phil Nevin's son Tyler. So uh, Phil Nevin's now the third base coach for the New York Yankees. Fun fact. Hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, Tyler Nevin, I was a fan of him. I was looking forward to seeing him maybe getting called up. But he got traded to the Baltimore Orioles. And now the Rockies made a move. They made a move for a relief pitcher. Now, I, I'm not uh, – yeah, Baltimore Orioles, who the hell is this guy? All right, fine. That's fine to think that way. But at the same time, we can't sit here and say the Rockies are able to go after these big-hand relief pitchers that are on the market. They just don't have the capability to do it. So at least they went out there and made a move. Pat Neshek was not a big-time name. He's just a solid relief pitcher. That was, that was Se- fun time. Sechuan O or Sechuan Sauce, he he was a, not a really well-known pitcher, but he did got the job done. He was good enough. Here's maybe Michael Givens, and maybe he's the guy because the the Rockies need it with Wade Davis and Scott Oberg not being out, Wade Davis being trash. With all that happening, I think they needed an extra arm. And, you know, Daniel Bard, you know, he's going to have nights where he struggles. He gave up the walk-off, or not the walk-off, but the late inning. Um, maybe it was the walk-off. I'm not sure. But he gave up a late inning uh, a lead or a late inning tie game and got the loss. But, I mean, to me, in the end, I'm happy with the move. With being 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 the Colorado Rockies, you got to be happy with the move. Michael Givens coming to Colorado, and maybe it helps the bullpen a little well, bit. Well, and I really like making these trades with AL teams. People don't think about these pitchers changing all the way to the National League. The National League hasn't seen this guy. I'm looking here; he's been gone five years with the Baltimore Orioles. So, all he's great point. And yeah, these guys haven't seen Givens before. So let's make a run with this guy and, and get him in the right spot mentally. And just roll with it. I mean, especially when you're not giving up much on your current roster right you're not you're not trading off something for givens you're you know, you're trading prospects and hopefully that doesn't come back to burn you in the future but prospects are prospects it's whatever so i mean, I like it from that standpoint i think he's going to come in and uh dominate this national league they haven't seen him before all right moving on here a lot of baseball talk to start the show which we're happy to do it now we're going to move on to the nba and uh you know I think the NBA is exciting. I think the NBA, I'm happy to see it back. The games are incredible. Um, I watch basketball because I enjoy basketball. Uh, that's about it. And uh, uh, I've been an, I've been a lifelong Laker fan. And no one's going to sit here and tell me that I shouldn't be watching the Lakers for this, that, and that reason. 
I'm going to sit there and watch the Lakers. I, I don't care what the hell is on the court, on the back of their jerseys. You know, they can do – they have the right to do whatever the hell they want. And, you know, who are we to tell them to not – you know, what would you rather have? I'll just leave it here. What would you rather have? Would you rather have an athlete just be selfish and keep all this money to himself and keep all his proudness and lo- live in lavish to himself and say, screw the little man and say, go to hell? Or would you rather have him, hey, you know what? I'm a pretty awesome dude and I have a pretty awesome life and I'm going to give back a little bit to my community. Whether I feel the same way as you or not, that's just how I feel. Which way would you rather have it from your athlete? I'll leave the decision up to you guys. But that's how I feel about it. So whether they agree with the athlete or not, they have every right to speak out about how they feel about situations based on their experience experiences so um you know it was upsetting to that the you know middle of the playoffs that things got shut down for some sports teams but every they have every right to do so um the reasonings can be irritating but that's that's that we can't look at the nba and be like oh they're they're the ones that's ruining this no it's a much bigger issue here but the nba playoffs back in action um we had a couple series finish up here um, and we're on to the second round. Now, the Celtics went ahead and did take care of business. They swept the, uh, does it even matter, uh, in four games. And then the Milwaukee Bucks, they won in five games after losing their game one. And you have the uh, Toronto Raptors taking care of their business in the East. The Miami Heat taking care of their business. So only two games lost by the winners yeah, that's uh, in the East. You know, t- a couple sweeps and a couple five-game series. So I'm not going to lie. I rode the Heat pretty hard on the books during that series and i I felt like it was stupid every time i placed that bet but the heat the pacers just couldn't pull one out they they were a hot bubble team they well put together but it's yeah the heat he played ball eric spolstra is the most underrated coach in the nba he is locked in i love watching him coach he looks like he's like running air traffic control or something (laughs) he's locked in (laughs) love spolstra and that's just a good it's a well-built team i mean you know pat riley Trust Bolster. They work together, and they really build a solid team. I mean, the fact that we're sitting here talking about Kendrick Nunn as a X factor for the Miami Heat is, like, pretty amazing here. And when you look at Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, I mean, these guys are studs. They're balling out. They can do it all. And, yeah, they know their role. And Jimmy Butler just being that brooding tough guy. But he can also ball out on you. And he's going to lock you down. If you talk smack to Jimmy Butler, he's going to lock you down, TJ Warren. Um, And now moving on to the West. You have a couple series still waiting to be done, but the Houston Rockets are up 3-2 against the Oklahoma City Thunder. The Los Angeles Clippers took care of their business against the Dallas Mavericks. But which real quick. Uh, uh, it's unfortunate for Dallas. I feel like they got a, a tough slate, a tough slew getting the Clippers, but they're really going to get the Lakers or the Clippers. I don't think they're going to move up to the sixth seed, so they're going to get screwed over. I think it's BS how they bullied up on Luka Doncic. I think also Montrezl Hale got kind of heat for maybe something I don't think he really should have got heat for, yeah. but whatever. Um, but, yeah, Luka Doncic. And speaking of Luka Doncic, Marcus Morris got ejected from the game today because of a flagrant foul on Luka Doncic. So it was already in the writing about them attacking him, and then sure enough, there was a play today, and I haven't seen it, of him getting ejected. I love the Dallas Mavericks. If they had Chris Tapps Porzingis, that series is going seven, and who knows? Oh, yeah, and that was actually the downer in it all. I mean, I saw Luka go down with that ankle injury. I was really worried. When I heard he was going to come back and play in that next game, I was like, what are you doing, Dallas? What if he... What if this is like a KD thing? You know, you don't want to. You're going to lose this series. You know, it's been a great run, but it really sucked to tear Luca's Achilles or something like that. And that anything but that happened. Luca came back. He battled. He hit the game-winning shot. So I mean, it was in my face to be honest. But I'm really proud of Luca. And then when Crip steps, Porzingis goes down. I'm hoping he doesn't need surgery. I'm hoping this isn't anything serious. But now he has two bad knees. And yeah, I mean. The unicorn party, it's still in order in Dallas, but we'll see how it goes. If the Nuggets don't take care of business, watch out for Dallas. They're going to be that second or third best team in the West. But Oh, real quick here. Yeah. Real quick but here. But with that injury stuff going on in Dallas, I mean, who knows how serious that is for Luka? Who knows how serious that is for Chris Tapps? So we'll have to see. But, yeah, I'm proud of him how they battled. And, yeah, Clippers are good. Yeah, there goes there goes that goal. 4-2 four, four, now. No, stars. five. Oh. That was for five. They oh, scored nice. two in about oh, 20 that, seconds. That's a, Fricked up, Kale McCarr. What? Kale McCarr messed up there real bad. That's uh, that oh. was uh, that was bad. So um, that'll do it for the show. <laughs>
Dallas, absolutely. I mean, I think Dallas is an up-and-coming team. And even if Chris Tapps... Wow. Wow. Just quick silence for Kale McCarr. Mm. That's not playoff hockey right there. But it is, but it isn't. We'll see you in uh, the Budweiser Event Center here soon, bud. Get called back up here. Um, called down, actually. So uh, Joe Sack is going to kill somebody. Yeah. <laughs> put, your, put your nose in your mask, bud. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, come on. Joe Sack, put your nose in your mask, huh? Uh, so, uh, Dallas Mavericks are legit. But the season's done. Even if Chris Stapps, I trust Rick Carlisle. I trust that front office. That is a winning franchise. Yeah, I trust Mark Cuban. They will build around Luka Doncic. Seth Curry is dope. Okay, yeah, Seth Curry be, is dope. He's, he's gonna be a Curry. Tim Hardaway is he still there? Tim Hardaway, maybe not. Um, I I I like Dallas. I'll leave it at that. The Denver Nuggets are down two games to three against the Utah Jazz. Did I expect this to happen? No, I did not. Are the Nuggets probably going to push this to seven and lose? I would say so. They got a game here starting about 15 minutes from now, August 30th. Game six, Denver versus Utah. The season on the line for Denver. Jamal Murray is finally doing the things I have wanted him to do on a regular basis. Hopefully it continues tonight. I don't get what's going on here. The physicality. I don't feel like they don't want to be there. They're not meshing well. Jokic is just like up and down. I just feel like with his effort i mean maybe i'm wrong here but i you know the nuggets are deep but i still think they have a lot yeah. to establish uh michael porter needs to learn i mean needs to be more coachable i, I just put it at that i don't think michael porter's taking the coaching and taking the style he's kind of doing his own thing i'm michael porter jr i'm the i'm i'm the best thing that happens is french for french bread you're not and french fries and french fries <laughs> I don't. I don't know if they're gonna win tonight, but I, yeah, like I said, I, they probably push it to seven well, and then so lose. Correct me if I'm wrong here. Let's just put it this way. This is how I'm viewing this series. Jokic is better than Gobert, right? As Should a be. And then Donovan Mitchell's better than Jamal Murray sure. as a player. Sure. Jamal Murray has stepped up in this series. Gobert has stepped up in this series. Now, as much as Jamal's stepped up, I feel like Gobert has closed that gap more. And it's not even because Gobert's playing that well. It's because Jokic, yeah, he's so up and down. He, he's a very average player every other night, and then, you know, then, then, then the next night he gives us some hope. But he's not that triple double dog, like hybrid point guard that we were thinking he was going to be. And I kind of, I, I wish he had thirty more pounds on him to be honest. Because yeah, Gobert is bringing it, and yeah, it's, it's a. It's a thrash fest out there, and the Jazz are winning it. Just because, just because you lose weight doesn't mean you're just good. Exactly. Like Maybe I'm just like saying, like everyone's like, Jokic lost a bunch of weight. Watch out! And I'm like, have you seen him play basketball? <laughs> yeah. Like he's probably the same player, and he is. It's like saying Warren Sapp just lost a bunch of weight. He hasn't gotten faster. Like I haven't seen no. Jokic play faster. I haven't seen him really use he's that not to a his advantage. Player. Exactly. <laughs> so that's why losing the weight is just dumb to me. But uh. Yeah, a lot. I mean, I just found, I just got an update of the second capper going with the Nuggets covering the two and a half points um, for the game today. So, um, you know, maybe Nuggets push this to game, seven games. I hope they do. I'm rooting them on. Go Nuggets. And I wanted to leave this one to the last thing, the last series to talk about. The Los Angeles Lakers. Take care of business against the Portland Trailblazers. One in five games. We had some people thinking they were going to lose this series. Lose this series, man. Like, they lost I game feel, one. I feel bad that I even said that they were going to go to six games because the Lakers won in five. And, and oh, well, Portland, well, well Damian didn't play in uh, game five. They would have came back. <laughs> If they if they had Damian, they would have played back. I have not seen such a hyped up backcourt being talked about for the lack of success. Like they talk about CJ and Dame like they're Steph and Clay. Like shut up. No, they they were looking pretty good for a minute, and it was fun. But you can't ride that way for too long. They played nine playoff games before even playing the Lakers. Nine playoff games before even playing the Lakers. I mean, it's just like, I don't know. I mean, they, you expect, and the Lakers were rested. And some people are like, well, I think the Lakers don't need rest. They're old. LeBron's in the 17th year. 
Like a KCP it gets gets tired of his ankle monitor. You know, he, he gets tired on him. He I don't think he's still wearing an ankle monitor, KCP. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I, I, look, Anthony Davis has known to get hurt. So I'm all for the rest. They came in, they lost, lost game one because yeah, they Portland made shots. But how do you play basketball? Defense and playing the paint. Driving to the hole. That's and the happening. Lakers defense is stifling, man. Alex Caruso in game five. Amazing. LeBron just going three straight 30-point games. Triple doubles. AD dropping 40 last night. He went 34-9 for the series. What more do you want from the Lakers? Give me the Rockets or the Thunder. I am rooting on the Thunder so they can go to seven games so the Lakers can get that extra rest. Because I'm all about the well, rest. Speaking of rest, that game four, I know it ended up closer than what we thought. But they were blowing out the Blazers in game four. Halftime, I think it was like 80 points. Game 80 three points. and four, they completely oh. trashed them. And so, yeah, I mean, I think that's why the score ended up getting closer in the end because they pulled all the starters. They only had to play half a basketball game. So this is More, Yeah, this rest is in, the, in the series. Amen. And the Mavericks gave the Clippers everything they can handle. Even today, Paul George is diving for loose balls, blah, 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 trying to win that game. And they, and they pulled away. But, I mean, Clippers, they might be more youthful, but they still are – they still are working hard for everything they can Yeah, get. the Clippers had a tough six-game series. Mm-hmm. Maybe game five was the easiest one because they blew them out by like 30. But they had a tough six-game series. And they had to pick on a 20-year-old. Yeah. What are they going to try to pick on LeBron like that? Yeah. Let's see what happens. Oh, yeah, for <laughs> real. That's such a good point. Yeah, good job picking on a 20-year-old, dude. And, yeah, wait till you pick on LeBron and your brother, Marcus Morris, is on the other team too. <laughs> You think your bro gonna hell hold back? My <laughs> gosh, um, not a Kansas anymore, buddy. Game one was a seven point win by the Trailblazers. After that, the Lakers won by twenty three. They won by eight in game three, and they won by twenty in game four, and then won by nine in game five. They lost game one and ended up winning four straight games. The Los Angeles Lakers are back. I'm not worried, and honestly, they're gonna play better teams than Portland. Um, I I'll get worried. I'll get worried when they get if they get down 2-0. I mean, they can go seven games on uh, seven games for three straight series at this point. The fact that they got through the first is good. They can go seven with the Rockets or the Thunder. Um, I don't really care who they play at that point. But I'm confident if the Lakers make the Western Conference Finals to beat the Clippers in a series, and after that, I, yeah, I'm afraid of the Bucks. But the Celtics. Not really worried about the Celtics mm-hmm. if it's Lakers. Well, Celtics. Yeah, and I think the Raptors, quite frankly, are going to be pissed off about what just happened today. They didn't. So. Sh- they just didn't shoot well today. I mean, they just didn't shoot well. If they shot well, it would have been a closer game. You know, the, the the Celtics shot well. They did what they had to do. They played Celtic ball. Toronto shot the worst they have all season, uh, all postseason. So, uh, yeah, things I have no getting, doubt. Things are getting nitty gritty, though. <clears throat> I mean, we talk about how good these teams are all season long, and then. Now you really got to choose one. I mean, Celtics, Raptors, who you got in this series? It's tough. You know, I, I, I'm going to go that this series goes seven. And I hate to say it, but I think the Celtics prevail at the end of this series. They're playing good basketball. And- yeah, with what I saw today, it, it, you know, the, the Raptors didn't shoot well, yes, but Celtics played a hell of a game. I think they're going to they're gonna ride the momentum. Um, I think they got a little chip and they got something to prove. I don't think a lot of people are talking about the Celtics. You know, they're just kind of like letting them ride and be like, oh, yeah, well, you know, it's the Bucks." But if the Celtics go ahead and whoop up on business against the Raptors here, it's trouble. Kentucky Derby next Saturday. Who you got? Do you I know? got the favorite. <laughs> I'll take the favorite. <laughs> Absolutely taking the favorite. They going to have fans there, though? I don't think they are. It's going to be pretty quiet at a Churchill Downs. But I'm looking forward to this one. A little horse racing because I think they already had the Belmont. Why are you looking forward to this? Because I love some horse racing, I'm man. I'm not into and, this. and I'm a betting man. I mean, I'm I've never, I never this. bet on the horse racing. I'm, I'm going to continue to not you, bet on you, horse racing. You ever bet on horses? No. <laughs> no, I don't. Be, I don't bet on ping pong either. Come on, kick, kick. I don't bet on ping pong either. Get going, get going. Number two, gonna need the abs to have. It's uh, table tennis. It's not ping pong. It's ping pong. Well, it's when you're betting on it. It's ping really pong. Fun. I like to bet on Sergi and Igor. So uh, one story that came out to me, and you know, I, we can wrap up here, but um, you know, we, we talked basketball, we talked baseball. Earl Thomas got released, huh? <laughs> yeah. How about that? Yeah, apparently, he, he might be going UFC here soon. <laughs> uh, punching teammates, and he was like, "Peace out, had a good time." That dude, 
That dude has lost all my respect. You can say what world. you want about Seattle, bro. Like, I, dude, I, they did not screw you over. Like, no. the, like, the fact that he went out there and talked all that smack about the front office, you tore your Achilles. They knew you were getting old. They saw your work ethic, and you probably weren't, like, taking care of your body like you should or listening to your doctors like you should. And they're like, you know what? We're not going to give you this contract. And then you flip him off off the way off the field after you tear Like, you should have given me my money. Dude, shut <laughs> up. You're rich. You got your money. Like, good. And then you go to Baltimore, and then after one season, you just think you're the man? Dude, Baltimore is a family. They don't take that crap, as you can see. They are a brotherhood, and you got to follow in that brotherhood. And if you're going to go the conniving little you know, do- torpedo under the water and hit it where it hurts kind of guy, which I can see Whoa. Earl Thomas is that kind of trash talker, yeah, well, you're going to get released, bro. We don't need you. And they don't need him. And no team needs Earl Thomas. This team, this league is athletic with safeties. I'm fine with that. And I, Errol Thomas, I was, I'm fine that he's gone. Not even Antonio Brown punches teammates. He, th- he throws a football at Ben Roethlisberger. If you go back to one of our first shows, that's what we were talking about. We're like, AB's going off the deep end. He's throwing footballs at Big Ben. He didn't punch anybody. I mean, you got, you got other stories. Go back and listen about other stories we talked about Earl Thomas. I don't want to get into that right now, but a couple months ago he made another mistake. Now he's punching dudes. So did his brother. He's losing his mind. I think his brother yeah, made him and his brother need to pack it up and go to a private island because <laughs> it's it's just donezo. <laughs> I'm sure they're playing that right now very happily. I mean, it doesn't seem like he cares. So guys like that, they just need to get out of the league because there's plenty of guys that can run just as fast and play just as hard. And that care. And that, and that care. And that do the right things off the field. And I'm, I'm done with you, Earl. Yeah, dude. I don't I'm want t- him on my team. <laughs> I, heard te- I heard Texans might have been in the, in the works. So, yeah, that'd be great. Great PR for the Texans because we have great PR. Uh, <laughs> once you match up Bill O'Brien and Earl Thomas and see how many games we win, they're going to get blown out by the Chiefs in 10 days. I'm calling it. Why did they – why? Why is that the first game? Like, I just I don't, don't know. Yeah, and, and whenever I'm watching TV about it, people are like, oh, it's a great matchup. I'm really excited for what that one. What great like, matchup? I'm like, yeah, it, a couple blocked punts in that playoff game. Texans were up, and they still lost by a bunch. I mean, it's going to just rally that way. It's going to be the same damn story when the Chiefs take the field in the first quarter. It's going to be 21 points on the board quick. And Deshaun Watson's going to be like, get me out of here kind of thing. So, Where do you see Deshaun Watson? What do you see a team that would he would fit, succeed, well, maybe win a Super Bowl with? Uh, that's a little trick question I dropped on you. Like, it's not going to be Houston. I think we can both agree yeah. with that. So we're just going to lose him? I, I, yeah, I don't think he's going to ride it out there. He's too smart of a kid to, to, to <laughs> just say, like, you know what? Like, Damian Lillard may, be not, be that, may not be that smart. Yeah. Because, like, dude, you're not going to win in Portland. Like, that's just not going to. And if you're okay with that, then don't get mad at people saying that you haven't won a ring so you're not that good. Like, well, you chose not to. Deshaun, what, what is a well, team that might be realistic that he could go out and win? I think, you know, I think Bill Belichick could pull some up mm-hmm. his sleeve, you know? Well, exactly. And as Bill, as bad as they are tanking for Trevor or whatever, he would much rather go with Deshaun Watson, a guy that's proven and, and is further along in his career. And, I mean, has some mobility. That's that's how the game's changing. Right. I don't see Trevor Lawrence necessarily with the same mobility as uh, Deshaun Watson does. But I'd really like to see Deshaun stay. Maybe Chicago, because I know Chicago's very salty that they didn't get Deshaun Watson or Pat Mahomes. And then they, then they took the risk on Trubisky. And that's going to be – they're going to let Trubisky go. They're going to have some money. They're going to have some resources. Who's to say they don't go out and try to get Deshaun Watson? But I do like that Patriots pick. I think that's more realistic. I don't – if Deshaun Watson is going to leave Houston, he's not going to go to Chicago. It's a similar situation. If he's leaving Houston, he's going he's gonna to go to a top-tier program so or a top-tier team in the NFL, which is New England Patriots to me. So I like that pick, actually. P. I wasn't wasn't thinking about that off the top of my head. Aaron Rodgers to the Patriots next season. <laughs> uh, this week, Dan, we're going to go to our famous big old segment. First. Every show. This is, we, this is our 22nd football card uh, on this show. Uh, it's been awesome. We love doing the football card segment. I think it's awesome. It's a little history lesson for all of us. So we're going to go to our 80s football player of the week. And Dan, as always, who do we have this week on tap? Nice little uh, draw out of the box today. We got Freeman McNeil. What a name. Freeman McNeil. Freeman. From Jackson, Mississippi. McNeil. They play some good football down there. 5'11", 214 pounds from UCLA. He was the third overall pick in the draft, though. I mean, that's Third that's overall high. pick in the draft. The who picked him? To the Jets. To the New York Jets. Select Freeman McNeil. Played UCLA. A- 
played eleven seasons for the Jets. I mean, I mean, and that's third, tough for a running back exactly. and one season, one team. That's yeah. that's impressive. It's like some Saquon stuff. That I mean, is, to be honest, New York third overall pick. We don't talk about him enough. Do you I think mean, they still talk about Freeman McNeil in the in the <laughs> in the hole in the walls over in New York? <laughs> yeah, in the holes in the walls, maybe. You think Freeman McNeil? I'll tell you something, boy. I'll tell you about Freeman McNeil. Well, probably. He's played 11 years in the league, like I just mentioned. He's a three-time Pro Bowler. One-time, first-team All-Pro. Uh, NFL rushing leader in 1982. Finished off his career with 8,000 yards, 38 touchdowns. But I think the coolest stat here is he's one of just very few running backs in the NFL history to average four yards a carry every single year of his career. Oh. So... I mean, yeah, you're always talking about three yards. Three yards is enough. Well, this guy got four for you. Um, when he did lead the NFL in rushing, it was only 786 yards, though, which kind of blows my yeah, mind. Yeah, that's kind of nuts. What back, year was that? Back in the day, back in the day when when they did run the ball quite a bit. Um, yeah, it was in 1982. So 1982, 786 yards he led the league. So think about that when Jamal Lewis cracked 2,000 or Eric Dickerson cracked 2,000. Mm-hmm. That's insane to think about that he led the league. It's a defensive game back then, I guess. Um, he was part of the two-headed monster in the Jets' backfield with uh, Johnny Hector. Maybe Johnny we'll Hector. Him, maybe we'll get him on the show sometime. The Hector. But, yeah, this kid, let's see here. Yeah, he went to UCLA. Yeah, just balled out. Went to Banning High School in Los Angeles. So, so L.A. bred, born and bred, all the way through Los Angeles till I die. Freeman McNeil, you know, I... I these are the guys, I'm telling you, man. Like, we bring up a guy like Preston Wilson, or we talk about Omar Quintanilla. Like, that's what Freeman McNeil is during that time. You know what I mean? Like, we talk about um, Brandon Lloyd. You know? We talk about uh, Michael Turner. Some of these guys back in the day when we were young, like, people talk, I'm sure people talked about Freeman McNeil, an 11 year guy with the New York Jets out in New York. You know, he was well known. Well, he was in- the guy, and he's. He's in the Ring of Honor. He's really he, there. So you go. There you go. See, like Broncos Ring of Fame guys. Like people don't always know those guys nationally, but in Denver, you know who's in the Ring of Fame. You recognize those names. And absolutely. Yeah, Freeman McNeil, Billy Badass. I would say Freeman McNeil. What a great name. Born, great career. Born April twenty second in nineteen fifty nine. Fifty nine. Man, dude. Wonder what he's up to this these days. Really Shout out Freeman McNeil. Um, he's still alive. He's still. That's good. Number twenty four. Number 24, Mamba Forever. So, uh, yeah, Freeman McNeil. Thanks for joining us. And then the it also says here, won't get too far into it, but uh, he was a lead plaintiff in a case that, right. yeah, he basically flipped NFL's Plan B plan where they could, it looks like they could protect 37 players a year. They basically owned them. It was, sounds that like that's sounds when contracts kind of started yeah. and stuff. And so, yeah, provided a lot of freedom for future players. And, yeah, good for uh, good for Freeman. Wow, freedom from Freeman. Sounds like an NFL PA guy. Freeman, freedom from Freeman. Freeman, given the freedom. Ask Freeman to the Freeman. Can uh, we go through our trivia question from last time? Let's Pete? go through our trivia question from last time. I won't, I won't make you sit time. on too much. I'm just going to give you the answers because hopefully our listeners have been thinking about it since the uh, last time they listened. But the topic was the team names in multiple sports leagues, in the, in the four major sports leagues, football, basketball, baseball, and hockey. Gave you one in, as an example, the Giants. You got the New York Giants and the San Francisco Giants. Okay. You got the Winnipeg Jets. The Jets, yeah. And the New York Jets. That's two. You got the New York Rangers. And you got the Texas Rangers. Arizona Cardinals. St. Louis Cardinals. LA Kings. And the Sacramento Kings. And then you got the Florida Panthers and the Carolina Panthers. So, I don't know. Those are pretty weird. The Jets really got me. The Panthers seem to be a little bit easy. They could be hard. Kings. They're forgotten. Kings. Yeah, kinda. the Kings. And they're two, they're two Cali teams, two Cali King teams. So, just kind of a cool concept and uh, talking about that with my roommates. And, yeah, we'll, we'll get another trivia question going for you guys uh, next time. But that's your answers. It's kind of start thinking that way, P. A lot of copiers out there in the mascot world. There are. I mean, the Huskies, for one. It's a common one. The Tigers, a very common one. We had the yeah, uh, SEC has like eleven Tigers. Wasn't the wasn't teams. it the Tiger National Championship? It was LSU Tigers versus the Clemson mm-hmm. Tigers. So, That's right. Um, I don't I don't see any fun in that. 
Let's get some more Royals out there, huh? Some more Royals. Some more Blue Jay football teams, huh? Let's get some Blue Jay football teams. Some Red Sox football teams, huh? <laughs> let's get some uh let's get some New York Metropolitan hockey teams and huh? the Mets. I like that. Get some pirates out there in the soccer world. Well, you know? Do you know what the Lakers come from? Isn't Minnesota. it from, yeah, Minneapolis Minnesota? Minneapolis Lakes. About lakes. So yeah. the, 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 yeah, they have all the thousand lakes, so yeah. The, the, <laughs> That's weird. What isn't that weird? Yeah. That's the Lakers, and now they're just like a household it's name, like, like the, the Lakers. Do- what does the Dodgers mean? You know, they you know, do you dodge a ranch? You could dodge a ball, and so go Dodgers. You know, <laughs> I'm not sure what the Dodgers mean. That's for sure. I don't know what a Dodger is. I mean, that's almost what I like about baseball teams is you know the Reds. You know, like what's going on there? Maybe maybe there's something there. Maybe I should know. The Brewers are a pretty creative one. You know, that's pretty good. Um, just we like beer. It'd be better if we were the Colorado Brewers. But I'll take Rockies all day. Uh, if we were the Colorado like dinosaurs or something, bro. <laughs> I know that's right. Well, they were gonna name a Jurassic Park, which would have been pretty cool. Oh my gosh! If, yeah, that's why. Coors, that's why Dinger's Dinger because they found that uh, they Triceratops. Found a, they found a fossil while they dug up Coors Field. What a time to be alive! Um, all right. Well, what a great show today. Absolutely, P. Uh, always good to be in the studio talking up some sports and. Uh, you know, looking looking down the road at what we got in the playoffs as we're going to get a lot of playoffs coming on. Football's coming on soon. College football started. We got college football out there. Some high schools are playing football out there in the country. Friday night, Saturday, you can turn on the channel. You'll see something on TV. So check that out. Um, sports are back. Sports are running. Good to be there. Uh, yeah. For Praveen, hoorah, Macho Bugatti. Hoorah. That is Dan, strong side, right side, Pinkston. And as always, we'll try and do better next time. Ryan Gosling is a liability at DB.